welcome to Tegan Goes Vegan. I'm your host, Tegan Karuna. I spoke with Lauren Effie. You may know her as Effie Suicide Girl. Suicide Girls is a kind of like alternative pin-up-y type website. It doesn't actually have much to do with suicide, so <laughs> you don't have to worry too much about that. Lauren and I had a really lovely conversation. Um, it's kind of, it was a really terrible Skype day, so it gets a little weird sounding in places, and um, I hope that you'll bear with us because Lauren is, she's a great person to talk to, and I think that you will enjoy our conversation because we talk about all kinds of stuff. She went vegan for health reasons, and she stuck with it because being vegan has helped her feel really good about herself, and I think that's a totally great reason <laughs> to be vegan. Um, we also talk about, we kind of get into some makeup talk. Cruelty-free products are a really important part of a vegan life, and talking about, uh, she works at a Sephora, which is a large, high-end makeup store, and we talk about how she, how finding cruelty-free products is part of some of the things that she thinks about when she's recommending a product to a customer. So that's really cool. So again, uh, audio is a little weird, but it'll it'll be worth it, I promise. Here she is, Lauren Effie. So tell me, tell me your story. Okay. Um, so I moved to Colorado in 2012, and I started working at Whole Foods. And when I started working there, I learned about all different types of styles of cooking, different um, recipes. I learned about different diets and different lifestyles people had here. And um, being someone who has been lactose intolerant my whole life, um, I I figured, you know, why not cut it out, you know, completely? I would kind of splurge here and there at, like, cream cheese because I love cream cheese. <laughs> and... Um, uh, I quit that and I felt a lot better. And then I figured I don't really eat a lot of meat anyway, ever. I didn't even have my first piece of meat till I was like 13. <laughs> um, so I just cut it all out altogether. And I noticed a huge difference in my body. Um, I noticed that I was never really fatigued or bloated. Um, my skin got so much better. And then I realized like, maybe this is just the way my body works and functions. Um, so I never really did it for any specific animal rights reasons, but more or less just for my own body and my own health. And I noticed that once I went vegan, I actually lost about like 25 pounds. So I, I really started to get a better, better sense on like what was going to be healthier for me as a person and for me to function and actually live. Um, yeah, in a way where I wasn't always feeling gross. Um, so yeah, I switched and working at Whole Foods made it easier for me to discover recipes and different, um, fruits and veggies that I'd never heard of. Um, and I actually met someone there who his father actually wrote uh, a vegan cookbook and the cookbook is called Extraordinary Vegan and it's written by Alan Rodiger and his book is basically all different recipes, um, uh, from anything you could think of, from raw to steamed to baked, uh, dinners and desserts. And so I really read up on that book, and that's probably my favorite book so far that I've found. Can I um, ask you a question about working at Whole Foods? Because I also used to work at Whole Foods. Oh, sure, um, yeah. What department did you work in? I actually worked in several. So originally I was um, in charcuterie and cheese. 
<laughs> right? Um, and then I became the cheese, uh, the CTC specialist. And so I worked in coffee, tea, chocolate, and I still did cheese as well. So I was that vegan chick that knew everything about cheese, and I could sell anybody anything. I could tell you the weirdest things about cheese that you would never know, and no one would know that I don't eat it. <laughs> what What was that like? Um, It was really fun. I loved working there. I loved my team. But, uh, I mean, it was always tempting. I always wanted to eat it, but I knew it was going to be a bad time if I did. <laughs> um, but just getting to work in that environment was really, really cool, and... I definitely learned a lot, which was awesome. And from there, I went to uh, – where else did I go? I went from the coffee bar, and then from there, I went to prepared foods. And that was where I learned majority of my, like, cooking experiences, working in the back of the house and in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so did at the Whole Foods where you worked, was there a lot of vegan food? Because I found, like, a huge variation between stores in, like, how much oh, vegan yeah. prepared food they have. What, what was it like? What, what store – what city were you in? I was in two different cities. So I actually grand opened the Whole Foods in Basalt, Colorado, which is 20 minutes outside of Aspen. And then I moved to the Fort Collins store. And um, the Basalt store had, I guess, like a moderate amount of things, maybe like in the prepared foods department, like six items in the case. Whereas like the Fort Collins store, which I still go to regularly, is um, I want to say they have at least like eight to ten prepared entrees in the case as well as like the salad bar soup sushi even has vegan things and they do make um vegan pizzas on fridays if you call in and order them special which is cool yeah it's interesting to me because i always thought of whole foods as being like vegan paradise and Mm -hmm. what i'm learning um now one of the whole foods that i can go to now has basically nothing prepared I, i mean like a little bit but not a lot and it's just so interesting to me that they've kind of marketed themselves, at least to uh, vegans and vegetarians, as being like the place that we should all be shopping. And that really just depends on where you are. At the store that I was just working at most recently in Fort Collins, uh, given the whole case, we actually had a fairly large case. Um, I would say like eight to 10 items on average. And during the holidays, we actually had a fairly good amount too. I'd want to say at least like six to eight. Um, I mean, one of my favorites that they still have all year round is the sweet chili tofu. That's my absolute favorite. And um, during the holidays, they make an amazing mushroom gravy and uh, truffled mashed potatoes. But the truffled mashed potatoes, I always ask for vegan, special for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so you originally went vegan for health reasons health. and kind of like how you felt about it. And has that remained the like the primary reason why you're vegan or, or like the major driver for you? It definitely has. So I had a friend um, that I actually met through social media and she went vegan cold turkey um, because her husband couldn't eat meat anymore. And so she did it with him. And um, in the process, she incorporated fitness and like I saw her life completely change. And I was just like, wow, I want to I want to make a difference in my body and I want to see a positive change in myself, too. And so I pretty much like modeled most of my things off of her. I got a good amount of recipes from her, too. And um, it it just kind of took over. I I mean, I was vegan completely for two years. And then um, last year, I kind of bounced back and forth between vegan and vegetarian um, and then been predominantly vegan this year. So it's just been almost to where if I were to not be vegan, I get really, really sick. 
my skin breaks out. I can't sleep. Um, it's, it's crazy how much of a difference it made for me. That is really interesting because you have good evidence now of the difference between a vegan and a vegetarian diet for your body. Right. Because you've done that experimentation recently. That's really interesting. And I also think that your blood type has a huge thing to do with it too. And I've discussed this with my boyfriend cause he's vegetarian. Um, and we've, we've looked at blood types and how their diets really affect, um, their iron levels, their blood pressure, um, sugar levels in the body. And it actually, you know, depending on your blood type, you might need to eat meat or you might really, you know, it's a bad idea. Don't do it. And so that's made a huge difference. I've noticed too, just even eating based on my blood type. I hadn't heard of that before. I didn't realize that blood type had anything to do with diet. Well, and I, I'm not a doctor, but um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, blood is going to be that universal donor, um, which tends to be higher in iron. And so people with O, o positive or O blood um, tend to require more protein and more iron in their body to keep that sustaining going. Um, whereas I have B blood. I think I'm B negative. Um, and I looked that up, and I live sufficiently uh, on a plant-based diet, and I have no problems. That's so, in- like, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I, I will have to look more into that and kind of where that that whole idea comes from. It's interesting. Um, so so what, what kinds of foods do you find yourself gravitating towards? Like, are you – do you follow, like, a particular type of vegan diet, or do you – you know, kind of just like eat whatever sounds good. I don't particularly follow a diet, but I have noticed that I gradually move towards items that aren't very processed. I don't really buy like fake meat ever. I don't like the way it tastes as well as it's just like, for me, extra carbohydrates that I don't need. <laughs> um, so I really like fruits and veggies. Um, I love almond milk. Almond milk is like my godsend. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. And, um, occasionally like i'll i'll sneak a couple like coconut ice cream treats or like tofutis uh what are those called the cuties Mm -hmm. those are like my favorite (laughs) um that i've discovered so far um but yeah my favorite things that i really like to cook myself are pretty much just like veggies i come from an asian background so stir fries are my are really really like an essential thing for me i love making rice dishes um one thing that i've been experimenting with um because i'm jewish is i've been making Um, different variations of Jewish dishes from home. Um, Obviously, latkes are essential. Um, But my my grandfather and my dad used to make these pot roasts as a kid. And I've been trying to incorporate those with like the garden meats or like doing tofu or seitan. Um, And I've tried tempeh too, which I've actually started to like tempeh a lot. So So. so I'm also Jewish. Um, What goes into a vegan pot roast? Like, how do you make a vegan pot roast? It sounds like so... I would love that. So one thing that I've experimented with with my mom is doing uh, the tempeh and mashing it up with olive oil, um, onions, any other type of seasonings, and then molding it with your hands as best as you can into that desired shape that you want, putting it into a meat... uh, What is that called? Um, Like a meatloaf container. Mm Mm-hmm kind of thing um baking that and then i do the boiled carrots onions potatoes separately and then put it all together bake it all again and then i like to broil the top so it's like has that nice little crunch to it Mm -hmm. especially on the veggies um 
And then um, my mom has actually slowly, we started making like this au jus kind of sauce with it, which we like because we like a little bit of sweetness to it, which is just onion, um, garlic, olive oil, and orange, uh, blood orange juice. Oh. And letting that just really simmer down until it gets like almost like thicker, like a balsamic glaze um, or like a reduction almost. Mm -hmm. And then that just goes on top. That sounds and, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, tempeh has been a really good one. I'm not a huge fan of the seitan just in terms of texture, mm -hmm. but I like the tempeh a lot. So what did your family think when you went vegan? Was that hard for them or did they kind of just accept it? My family was a little bit, they were very almost just like, oh, how pretentious of you. It's just like what's hip right now. And I was like, no, like I've actually noticed a difference. And then once they started seeing me feel better and my skin clearing up a whole lot, um, my mom was like, oh, well, I mean, I guess I'm going to try to eat healthier too. And so my mom cut a lot of dairy out of her diet. And um, the only meat my mom really eats now too is like turkey. So like she's also noticed a difference in her body just even – and I've even gotten her to start like juice, juicing and having smoothies. And she's noticed a huge difference rather than having like Coke. <laughs> yeah. So I think I made a good impact on my family and I think I made them a lot more aware of things that they never really thought about, especially mm -hmm. when grocery shopping as well. Yeah, that's that is something that I've heard from a couple different people that for for some in some families the child going vegan has positive effects for the family as a whole. Oh yeah. And I've noticed too and especially living here, um and I don't know how popular it is like where I'm from back home, but like the marketplaces here make it a lot easier and more convenient as well. I have like the fresh markets, um, the local produce, um, which makes it super convenient as well as delicious. <laughs> so I really like that. And that gives me even more incentive to just keep doing it because I'm like, well, it's right here and I know where it comes from. So I know it's going to be good. What about your dad? Because he's, I mean... You mentioned pot roast and your dad. That sounds like a very meaty, a meaty inclined person. Yeah. My dad has um, my dad has IBS and Crohn's disease. So for him, certain vegetables are really hard for him to digest. Um, so for me, it's been a challenge of just trying to get him to be a little bit more um, palatable and just trying new things. Um, so I've incorporated a lot of cabbage for him um, rather than things like lettuce. Those seem to be better. Um, and I've tried to help him with other different variations of his favorite things. Like I know um, he really, really loves French fries, um, but they're terrible for you. And so like one thing I've gotten him to try would be like yucca fries mm, and he loves yeah. those. Um, and even just experimenting with, we made, um, we made nachos and we used jackfruit as the meat substitute and he really liked it. Um, I think for him, like the issue was like texture and just being able to not to taste something rather than nothing. Cause I feel like the, a different generation, especially his generation and um, his background, he's more into just, I want this and I don't care if it's bad for me and blah, blah, blah. And so once I showed him like, just cause it's healthy, doesn't mean it tastes bad that he could enjoy it. Yeah. I've, I've, was reading something recently that was saying that was talking about how we don't really crave meat. What we're craving is like the flavor and the fat and the um, the texture, mm -hmm. and it's it doesn't have to actually be meat. If it if you're still hitting like all of the same taste buds, you're going right. to get the same satisfaction. Which I've certainly uh, like I've experienced that in finding vegan food. Like it's not really about it. It needs to be like a piece of an animal. 
it's more about like all of the other things with it. Right. And that's like one thing I've noticed too, um, especially, so I am a, a cognitive neuroscience major at Colorado State. And um, one thing is, is it can be psychological a lot of the time. Sometimes you're hungry because you feel a certain emotion or the same thing with your taste buds and your palate. And that's why sometimes people um, always feel that need to um, have dessert or they crave something sweet after dinner. It's because that taste bud hasn't really been, that receptor hasn't been activated yet. So they want to like activate that receptor in, in order to have that sugary sensation. doesn't mean you have to have ice cream. You could have grapes or strawberries or something, and it'll still activate that, like, receptor. Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. That, like, your taste buds or, like, your brain wants certain sensations when you eat. And we are mm-hmm. we are definitely hardwired to like sweet things and to want it because it's that quick carb and evolution and all of that stuff. Um, so that makes total sense. Yeah, the human body is super fascinating. And I've noticed that once I started paying more attention to what I was eating, I was starting to pay more attention to my body and the way that I was being, how I was receiving those messages that I was putting into my body, being able to eat, um, like, I would notice if I were to eat something, you know, really heavy, like bread or like any type of like bigger meal, um, I would be really fatigued and tired. Whereas like, if I were to eat something a little bit lighter, um, like a salad or even just, um, fruit or anything really even if i had like tea versus soda i would notice like hey i have have metabolized this so much more like let me let's go do something and everyone's like no i don't want to move <laughs> yeah that's that's really funny cuz one of the things that i have really I, i've talked about a lot with non-vegans is how much better i feel after meals now mhm it's it's incredible and it's not even a matter of for me it, it's you know heavy versus light or, you know, raw versus cooked or anything like that. It's just across the board. I never feel terrible after I eat. Yep. And that's like, that has been a total revelation for me. And that was how I felt when I cut dairy out of my diet completely. Because when I was little, I was lactose intolerant for forever. And then I continued eating it throughout like middle school and high school. And I always blamed, I always blamed my acne um, for, you know, being hormonal and going through puberty. And then I realized like, wow, if I just stop eating dairy, I don't have zits anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized like, and then I did some research and I saw like a couple articles that dairy is actually like one of the number one causes of acne. You know, I, I've heard from other guests and from other people that when they cut out dairy, it, that, that cutting out dairy specifically has really, positive effects on people's like various issues and acne is generally one of the ones that people talk about well and i look at it this way is like we're mammals and we are meant to process milk but cow's milk is nowhere near as similar to uh, to our breast milk nowhere near Mm -hmm. why would you put something foreign from an animal like that into your body when it doesn't benefit you at all sure there's calcium in there but you can get calcium from anything else too like supplements or vegetables so cow we can agree that cow's milk is not good (laughs) not good for humans good for calves not so good for humans right yeah so what what's it like to you know like you are young and presumably go out a lot and like socialize in restaurants and food centered Mm -hmm. area like what is that what's that been like for you like that kind of change and how have you adapted um well i i was (laughs) dating a bartender for a really long time and so 
going out to the bar scene and having bar food was like really, really hard for me because, you know, there's nothing more that I want with whiskey than, you know, a piece of pizza <laughs> or like some, you know, French fries afterwards or something like that. Just to like, you know, be bad for a minute. But um, the location, I think, makes a huge difference. Uh, living in Colorado, we have a lot of more variety, I feel. Um, I was just in Denver a couple weeks ago with some friends and I was at a bar called The Sputnik and it's a vegan bar. So they've got all their brews on tap and they've got drinks and liqueurs, but then all of their um, appetizers and bar food are vegan. And I had I had uh, what did I have? I had like a vegan corn dog or hot dog, and then I had like fried zucchini, and I was so happy. <laughs> like it was so good. Yeah, it's like if you're going to have if you're going to have some kind of processed junk food stuff, it may as well be in a bar, and it may as well be while well, after you've had a couple drinks. Like that is the right. time and place to do it. Right. And so I love that. And I've never seen that, especially coming from Las Vegas. Um, I've never seen a vegan bar. Like that was really, really cool to me. Um, and then coming up into Fort Collins, like I never, I learned this from my boyfriend is like, um, some beers have dairy in them. Like some liqueurs have dairy in them and some drinks incorporate, you know, uh, rennet and byproduct and things like that. I never knew that. I was like, Oh my God, people drink this. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, yeah, it's expensive, but yeah. I'm like, why? Like, this is so weird. So mostly when I go out, I like whiskeys um, and wine. And is so. your is your boyfriend vegan? Vegetarian. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so how is that for you guys? Um, it's been good because he gives me a hard time about my dairy, but I've also opened up his palate a lot where I've been able to cook him and make him things. And I'm like, and this is completely dairy free. And he's like, what? This is awesome. <laughs> and so he, and he's just vegetarian because he knows that his body feels better when he doesn't eat meat. He does like, and when he, um, and sometimes he doesn't even eat dairy, but you know, if we go out somewhere, he'll order a veggie burger with cheese on it or something. Um, but yeah, we both kind of just gravitate towards that same lifestyle to where we both know kind of like what our body needs and we both don't want to fill it with, you know, processed bad stuff. And normally, especially like with Thanksgiving, but this is the first Thanksgiving that we had that where he didn't eat any turkey or any meat, which is awesome. Oh, that's, that is cool. That must've been like a big, that was like yeah. a big meaningful moment. And, um, I made a vegan pumpkin pie and we went to Friendsgiving and, um, they made ham, but we didn't eat any. And um, but yeah, there was like you know, it was really good. It was still awesome. I'm a big fan of the uh, garden like pot roasts that are stuffed with the th- the um, stuffing and cranberry sauce. Yeah, those are awesome. Um, but yeah, it was a really just good experience for him to be like, wow, I guess like I'm still super full and I didn't even need any of that. And like I feel I don't feel as like gross as everyone else does. And I was like see? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There are many advantages. So have, um, in, in doing, in learning about veganism and vegan food and all that stuff, have you come across, um, like any animal rights type stuff or like animal welfare things that have really resonated with you? Well, I did, I never even realized this. So I also am a makeup artist for Sephora. And, oh, I was going to ask you about that too. I'm yeah. <laughs> and so I actually, as I started cleaning up my diet and realizing what I was putting into my body, I didn't even think about what I'm putting on my face. And I looked at a lot of companies that are cruelty free and vegan. And that I never, I was never even aware of how much, you know, is 
is in the cosmetic industry and how that actually does impact your product and what you're getting and who makes it and what it's containing. And I noticed that when I gravitated more towards vegan products, um, I felt better just as a person. I, I didn't feel as weird. And like, I started to notice even, um, I went out, I went out to the bars two nights ago and this woman came in with this full, like, and I kid you not, it was from her neck all the way to the floor for a coat. Oh. And I was completely just detested by it. And I was like, what the heck is she wearing? And my friend was like, oh, cool. I think it's a ferret. And I was like, oh, my, oh God, my God, no. I was, I was Not cool. Out. I was like, no, cool. no. When I saw that, I just – and she walked in and she ordered the cheapest whiskey in the world. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like who, who wears like a $10,000 coat and orders Fireball? But <laughs> – but that's just me. <laughs> well, I think we can probably uh, roll our eyes at anybody who's ordering Fireball, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so because you work at Sephora, one, I wanted to see if you saw that Kat Von D just gave $50,000 to Mercy for Animals. Oh, I did not see yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah, she just, it, it was like a big, big thing today. So that's awesome. And her line is like, I yep. believe entirely vegan and definitely cruelty free. Yep. Um, so do you, in your job at Sephora, part of Ooh. what you do, I'm sure, is, um, you know, you steer people towards products. Do you ever try to get people to buy more cruelty-free stuff? My main goal is to just make sure that they're getting their questions answered, just as being like a good, you know, listener. Um, but I actually, a lot of the time, and I think it's because of where I live in Colorado, um, people do tend to ask that as a, as a requirement, just even before I ask them if they need help, like, point me to all the vegan products. Or I found this. Is this vegan? And, you know, that seems to be like a more common thing. Um, but and then there are some clients that I have that are like, I will only wear this designer product. And then like, OK, well, there you go. Um, but when I do show, you know, clients, excuse me, certain products um, as a bonus, I always love to throw in like, hey, and by the way, this is cruelty free. By the way, this is vegan. This is completely botanical. It won't hurt you or, it, you know, it's. And that seems to help um, solidify the sale. Of course, um, we're not commission-based, so I want to make sure that like they're overall happy. And if I can include some type of beneficiary outside of their own face. What is your favorite vegan or cruelty-free, preferably vegan, makeup brand? I'd have to say Tarte. I'm a really huge fan of Tarte Cosmetics. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why is... One, it's very it's a very natural line altogether. It works for pretty much anyone, regardless of their skin type. Um, and I really like their motto, which is just the whole natural beauty. You don't need so much product to enhance what you already have within you. And and the reps that I've met through the company are always super sweet and kind. And the whole idea from them is to never really, you know disguise it but you know enhance and enhance it through the natural things you find in the ground so i think i want to say oh, at least half of their products are infused with amazonian clay mm -hmm. and they harvest that fresh from the amazon river and that clay has a ton of antioxidants in it it's moisturizing it's exfoliating it's hydrating it's um oil absorbing it does everything and so using things that just come from the earth and things that are going to be just botanical are going to be way better for your skin and way better for you all around. Um, so I really like that about that company. And I really love um, 
I like that all of their brushes are synthetic. And a lot of the time, synthetic brushes are better for your skin anyway because animal hair brushes absorb all of your product. So you're actually kind of losing money sometimes. Um, That's interesting. I, I obviously use synthetic brushes myself, but I didn't think about the fact that it, they wouldn't absorb as much of your like liquid products. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, because animal hair is really you know stripped of all those essential oils growing on the animal. So when it picks up that product, regardless if it's like powder or liquid, um, it's going to absorb it and take it, and it's going to be harder to clean. It's going to be um, it won't last as long because those hairs are going to fall out a, a lot quicker. Um, yeah, and it also changes the finish. So normally, like, synthetic brushes are a lot smoother and softer, whereas animals are a bit more coarse. Um, so sometimes they can leave texture on the skin. So it can make a huge difference. Huh, that's really interesting. I I did not realize that. I I just got synthetic because it was not animal hair. But I'm glad to know that I'm also making the uh, uh, economic choice as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't totally know how this relates to veganism but i did want to ask you about being a suicide girl and like what what is that like like how did you become a suicide girl like what's it been like just like i don't know i'm just interested like as a person in what Um, what that's all like so i applied at 19 and then i um got my first set purchased when i was 20 um, which was two years ago, I believe, or almost two years ago. It's definitely a little bit more pinup, um, a little bit more. I always think of like hard girls, soft light. So we're all very alternative. We're both very, we're all very um, unique and individual and very, very creative people. I love all the women that I've ever, and men that I've met through this whole community. So within these forums, you can pretty much find anything to talk about. And um, concerning veganism, I'm in the vegan food group the vegetarian group, the raw group, which is like the raw food recipes, um, health and exercise, fitness, um, you know, different uh, like recipe sharing groups, which is awesome. And I've actually met a lot of other suicide girls that are vegan. We always consider each other in our diets. We always, when going out to eat or like getting groceries together, we always consider everything like that. Um, Yeah. That's really cool. So if somebody wanted to find you and like you know either find you on suicide girls or find you you know in another way what's the best way to get in touch with you um obviously my instagram which is um sincerely effie and that has my like email and all my other like contacts there um and then i've got my facebook which is um facebook.com slash the effie suicide um yeah I'd say probably those two are the biggest ones. Um, and then, of course, suicidegirls.com, obviously. Did you have any recommendations for resources? Oh, um, yeah. Definitely the book that I had mentioned called Extraordinary Vegan. Mm-hmm. And it's written by Alan Rodiger, R-O-E-T-T-I-N-G-E-R. Richinger? Kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's my I, actually um, his son works at Whole Foods. And I met when I met him, he was like, oh, you have to check out my dad's books. And that's how I found that book. Cool. So, yeah, that's great. And then um, another one that I would recommend would be um, I think it's like on Instagram, actually. Here we go. It's called Best of Vegan. Awesome. I'm always looking for good Instagram accounts to follow. So that's great. 
Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you for your recommendations and thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. And thank you for putting up with Skype's absolute nonsense today. And I I think there must be like a solar flare storm or something (laughs) going on. I don't know. But thank you. Thank you so much for like taking the time to talk with me and to, uh, you know, your patience. I really appreciate it. Tegan Goes Vegan is found at TeganGoesVegan.com, on Twitter at TeganGoesVegan, on Pinterest at TeganGoesVegan. The show is produced by Tegan and Nathan Karuna, with music by Amanda D'Amato. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving it a rating or a review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show more easily. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back soon with more great vegan conversations.